Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. All right, let's get to the great Brad Nessler joining us as Alabama plays Georgia tonight. First of all, Ness, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, Steve. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start out with somebody who's not there tonight and somebody who is going to be there tonight. Menchie is out, but playing right. in his what fourth game of the year now will be George Pickens. So what the, is the impact of your opinion on each? Because what I think Pickens got hurt in late March with his knee, so right. maybe he's a little fresher now. So what do you think the impact of one not being there and one being there mean? I think uh, I think Metchie make a bigger difference, probably, Steve. You know, I thought that he was, all season long, he wasn't the home run hitter that Jamison Williams was, obviously. But I always kind of thought he was Bryce Young's security blanket, you know, like the old Charlie Brown Linus with the blanket cartoon, <laughs> whatever. You know, he, he was the guy that he looked for on crossing routes and, and knew that he was going to get a first down if he needed one. Um, you know, shorter routes, that type of thing, and sure-handed, just – they played together for you know at practice for an extra year too, so I mean they know each other better. I think that'll have an impact. Although you know you plug in, unplug one five star and plug in another one in, you know that's kind of what yeah. Alabama yeah. does. And um, Javon Baker did a really nice job against Cincinnati, and, and in the second half of the SEC championship game too. So um, you know Treshawn Holden. I mean they just they got other guys that can fill Mechie's spot. I just don't think there's comfortable with the quarterback as, as he was with Mechie. Pickens is interesting. I, I talked to some people earlier today, and they, they wanted to know two offensive players that I thought would make a difference for Georgia tonight. And my number one choice was James Cook. I just think that he was yep. underutilized in the SEC championship game. Yeah, he, I think he carried it 10 or 11 times, but you know, the wheel routes and the type of stuff that he does really well, get him in space against, you hope, a linebacker. And if not a linebacker, a strong safety or somebody, because he's, he's he can beat those guys one on one. And I don't care who's on him tonight or who tries to get on him. Uh, you know, if it's Brian Branch, Malachi Moore, Daniel Wright, uh, you know, none of those guys, Jordan Battle, none of those guys, I don't think can stay with James Cook as a receiver. So I think number one, James Cook's the number one option tonight for Georgia for a lot of different reasons. And that's not taking anything away from their freshman tight end, who is a stud, man. I just love watching him play. Yeah. But I said the second choice was Pickens, and, and people around here in Georgia were going, well, you know, guy hasn't played 10 snaps, you know. And if they've been holding him, it now's the time to take him out of the holster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, exactly. You know, and I think Todd Munkin knows that. And um, he's as healthy as he's going to be in a Georgia uniform. He's probably going to move on. I'd be shocked if he comes back. Quite frankly, I was shocked that he ever put the uniform on again. We Everybody – around here just kind of thought that he would go pro and that was it so i give him a lot of credit for battling back and getting back in in you know nine and a half months whatever to be able to play and i think he's healthy enough and he could be a factor so those are two guys james cook and george pickens tonight for georgia that i think are big and and the loss of mechie i think is big because of the comfort factor he had with bryce young yeah that's a great point the pickens reminds me this is a pro example but the year Seattle beat Denver in the Super Bowl, suddenly Percy Harvin showed up. <laughs> yeah. And that and that's what I kept thinking about. Maybe now's the time Pickens shows up to to help out the quarterback. Um all right. 
in the championship game, in the SEC title game that you did, I thought, I'm just just from TV, so you got to tell me watching live. I felt like Alabama made Georgia look slow. Yeah, I agree. And Bryce Young made everybody look slow. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they tried. I don't know. I think looking back on it, I think Kirby and Dan Lanning got a little bit cute with their defense. I think they wanted to, like, outsmart Nick Saban or outsmart Bill O'Brien or whatever their deal was. They just didn't let the kids play like they've been playing all year on defense, you know? it's They were so sound, and, and they rallied around each other, and they looked lost, and they looked slow, and they looked like they were doing things that they hadn't done all year long and, and were trying to get tricky, and that doesn't work with these guys. They're just too good. They're too fast. Bryce Young's too good. Um, you know, and everybody always says, well, you know, you got to – you got to sack the quarterback. You got to affect the quarterback. They couldn't affect the quarterback. I mean, LSU right. did, Auburn did. I did those games. You know, that was a different deal. How they did it, I don't know, but they did it. I think at that time, the offensive line for Alabama was not playing as cohesively as they did in the SEC championship game and even banged up against Cincinnati. They did really well. I still think the right side of their line is the weak spot if you're to get to them. And taking Bryce Young off his spot, as everybody likes to use that term now. That doesn't that that doesn't that's not good enough. Uh, when he gets off his spots, when he gets really good, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what the defensive philosophy is. I think you just have to collapse the pocket completely. Georgia's got the guys to do it. They just didn't get it done. They got outplayed all the way around in the SEC title game. They know it. They've admitted it. Um, you know, a lot of the kids leading up to this game have just said, "Hey, we we flat got beat. You know, we got to make plays." And and that's the difference. I think they have to go back to what they did in the other. 11 or 12 games, you know, when they weren't even they weren't even pushed very hard. I mean, they were that good and that dominant on defense. And then they tried to get a little bit tricky in the SEC title game, and it blew up in their face. I think against Michigan, they kind of went back to doing what they did all season long, and that worked for them. And that's what they've got to do. They've just got to make plays. They got, they got guys that can make plays. They were close. That wasn't good enough. You know, they were just a couple inches off on everything. And and that two inches with a guy like Bryce Young and a guy like Jamison Williams will kill you. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll use a movie reference that you and I will get. Maybe the younger people won't. But it's like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid with Bryce Young. I'm be- <laughs> like, like the kid said, I'm better when I move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's better when he moves. When Jamison Williams was at Ohio State, I liked him. But he was also really young and he was really raw at that point. I didn't see him being this kind of receiver. What has allowed him to break out and be this kind of guy in the scheme of what Alabama does? I don't know, because you saw him in year one or whatever, and I didn't yeah. get a chance to. I mean, I saw bits and pieces, but he was playing behind some pretty good cats there. You yes. Know? Oh, and, yeah. And didn't didn't get enough chances. And, uh, you know, when, when they brought him in, they said, hey, we need a home run hitter. We, we, made an, we need another Devontae Smith type of guy. We think you can be that guy with John Mechie on the other side. And he's like, okay, I'm ready, I guess. And then, you know, I don't know if it's the plays they call for him or it's just the God-given talent he has. But, um, I mean, he had five touchdowns at 75 yards or more, something like that. I, maybe it was more than that. So, uh, game-breaking guy. And, and I was in awe the first time I saw him. I was like, whoa, this guy couldn't play at Ohio State. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, I don't know what – I don't know if it was a second-year jump. I don't know if it was just getting in a place where he felt more comfortable. I don't know if it was the offense. 
he's a heck of a good quarterback, but he had a good quarterback up there too, you know. So um, I don't know. Some guys make that jump, and the, when they get a fresh start, and boy, he's he's made the most of it. He's a first round pick now. You did mention Bowers, by the way. I mean, it's amazing. He's just a kid. Uh, but he plays a man's game. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, when you when you and 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 Gary watch him, what have been what's been your thought process of watching how he plays the quote tight end spot? Um, every play is a you know he's got like one speed, and and the coaches would say that about practice too. Is that as soon as he came in, um, you know, if they're running sprints. And, and, you know, usually a freshman is like the upper class and go, hey, hey, Rook, um, like, slow down. You don't have to run. You don't have to run a 10 flat if we're running 100 yards on a sprint here, you know. The rest of us have done this a while. And he didn't give a damn. He just said, hey, this is the speed I go at. This is the speed I practice at, the speed I play at. And Kirby has said it doesn't matter. Every snap's like that. We get limited amount of time to watch him practice, but I have watched him practice and, and then seen him in six games live, I guess, and probably every other game they played. Uh, I don't even know who to compare him to. I mean, it's easy to say he's, you know, a Gronk-type guy or a Kelsey-type guy or whatever. I don't know what kind of guy he is. And some of those some of those pros have watched him and said, I don't know who he reminds me of, but uh, Brock Bowers is good enough. He's just – he's phenomenally fast. Uh, the defenses in the SEC didn't – they just couldn't get that in their heads. I mean – Every time everybody thought they had an angle, he outran it. He did it as a running back on end of rounds early in the season when he scored a touchdown, long touchdown on a, on a pass and a run. Uh, and then by the end of the year, he was just as fast as he was at the beginning. Against Georgia Tech, they had three defensive backs that said, okay, well, we got this guy. Well, no, you don't have him. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's really remarkable. And when I saw that he wasn't on the list of the finalists for the Mackey Award, I said, man, I can't wait to see the list. And then I saw the list, and they were really good guys. And Weidermeyer from A&M was, was one of them, and, and he's good. And the Notre Dame kid wasn't on there, and I couldn't believe that. Right. And I realized the guys who were on there, you know, caught a lot of balls and gained a lot of yards. If they're better than this kid, I don't know. And, and Steve, he's, he just turned, he's just like 18. I mean, he came in young. Right. So he's, he's just... Two more years. I can't believe how good he's going to be if he stays injury-free because he's really fun to watch. Brad, he's the perfect example of he's too quick for a linebacker, he's too big for a safety. Yeah, totally. And everybody tried a lot of different things on him, and, and none of it worked. And he was the one you know, really bright spot, really, in the SEC championship game. Um, I thought he played great. But every game I saw him in this year, I thought the same thing. When you sit down and you have a chance to talk to other coaches, coordinators, uh, that face Alabama. Certainly, at some point or another, I'm sure Saban's name comes up. What do they say about him? They're they're running out of superlatives, and I think you know it's in, in the other coaches' cases. You don't want to be like salivating all over, going, "Oh my God, that guy's unbelievable," right. but he is. And, and but you know they're in the same business, except half of them are 25 years younger or something than he is. <laughs> Right. And so there's a reverence there in that, you know, he's the king, um, but we don't want to kowtow to him too much because our players will get wind of that, and, and then we're we're totally screwed, you know, because right. the mind game involved on just trying to beat Alabama is bad enough. The players worry about the other players. They don't really worry about Nick Saban. But if, of all people, Kirby Smart would say, well, you know, he has our number. Obviously he's not going to do that. But, I mean, any coach that kind of – 
uh, you know, who's an Oz over Nick Saban is not helping their team at all. You've got to just treat him like he's a guy that's won 50 games instead of 275, you know. And uh, so I think that the respect that's there is, is phenomenal. I've never heard another coach say a crossword about him or anything like that. And I think, you know, when these guys get together for Nike trips and that kind of stuff, I think Nick's a fairly fun guy, you know. Everybody likes to golf with him and that kind of stuff. And, and so uh, just a huge mutual respect by everybody that he plays against. Conversely, when they when you sit down and you talk to opposing coaches, what do they say about Kirby? Um, <laughs> you know those memes out there and everything that's who's your daddy with Kirby and you know Nick's <laughs> arms and all that right. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't help the cause. I, no. I think they think he's a great defensive strategist. I think unless he wins this game tonight, or you know, um, you're really lucky if you win. You know, Bobby Stoops did uh, won the national championship his second year at Oklahoma. I did that game. Uh, Urban did yep. it, um, I guess, at Florida. Uh, you know, there's certain guys that can do it fast. It took Nick, it took Nick like um, eight years or something like that to win one, and it was at LSU. It wasn't at Michigan yep. State, as we know. So yep. it took him that long. It's taken, you know, it took Jimbo a long time as a head coach, and and you know, Kirby's in year six. Uh, everybody around Georgia thinks he's due because of the team he's got. If he doesn't win it, I don't think it makes him a bad coach. I think it sort of cements his legacy, and he can maybe have a sigh of relief and, and then go back to work two days later and go, okay, now we got to try to repeat if they win tonight. <laughs> right. But um, I think just to get the Alabama thing off Georgia's back right now would be that there's – I've got friends that are Georgia fans. I think they're – they're more worried about beating Alabama than they were about winning a national championship for the first time in 41 years. That's how bad it is on, okay, it's been seven straight, can't beat Nick, can't beat Alabama, can't do this, can't do that. You know, so now they can do it all in one fell swoop tonight if if Georgia beats Alabama, make everybody happy for about two days, and then it's back to spring practice or whatever. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, I, uh, when I was done doing Purdue-Penn State Saturday, got back in time to watch uh, Oklahoma State-Texas. Great call on that game. And a big win for Oklahoma State, too. So, I, Yeah, call. thanks. You know, I, I, I seem to do like an Oklahoma State game every year, and every time I do them, they're supposed to get beat by 20, and they win. So yeah. thanks. Uh, Mike Boynton's given us some, some exciting upset moments in the last three or four years. I, I've done – just I, this will be the last point – I think I've done like three tournaments where Oklahoma State's been in it, and Penn State hasn't played them once. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen a lot of Oklahoma State, just not against Penn State. <laughs> well, you know, that's like me. I do regular season games, and I go all over the country. You know, it used to be just I did SEC when I was at ESPN, so I was kind of – I knew every team inside out. Now I go all over the country, and then we get to week one of the tournament, and you got to do four games in one day, and I go, haven't seen one of these guys. Not one of these guys. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Brad, thanks so much. Appreciate you so much, my friend. All right, Steve. Enjoy the game tonight, bud.